Welcome to the seventh episode on our Block and Roll podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking to Matt Piaggi, community lead at LISC, about the LISC platform and how it can help people to develop blockchain applications on sidechain. That sounds really fascinating. Shall we begin the show? Yeah. Let's, Let's roll! roll. Should we do the uh, news section? I want to hear what's going on around the block. Yeah, go on. I'm, yeah, I'm oh, oh, am I starting then? Yeah. yeah, yeah. okay, so my interesting news this week was I thought was a couple of really fascinating things that were happening, but my pick of the week is definitely the Italian Banking Association that's uh, revealed that they've successfully passed the initial phase of testing their blockchain-powered interbank system. Hooray! Um, so... Basically, the long and short of this is that they're trying to improve the interbank processes, um, basically by boosting the processing time and the operations, the, the, the speed at which operations happen. They also think that they can improve transparency and all the good things that we talk about all the time with blockchain. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, my understanding is that they've successfully completed 1.2 million movements on uh, the infrastructure using 14 nodes distributed amongst the banks. So it's, it's quite a significant like test and it could be, a you know, it shows what could be done, basically. Yeah, well, definitely that sounds fascinating. Uh, many banks across many countries are experimenting with blockchain, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But actually giving some numbers will yeah. actually prove, you know, what they have really done. So as you said, they've done 1.2 million, is yeah. it? Million yeah. transactions on yeah. 14 nodes. Yeah. So, yeah, so such numbers are really fascinating. Be, I mean, obviously, when you're talking about, like, transactions in banks, I mean, probably, what, they do a day, probably millions, you know, millions of transactions. So, obviously, in terms of the actual way that transactions take place at the moment, in terms of the, the, the real economy, that's a, a small amount. But in terms of a test, I think it's a fairly significant test if you were talking about, you know, proof of concept, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, just adding to that, um, just about the blockchain, uh, Japan is launching a new app called MoneyTap that will enable real-time domestic payments using blockchain. That is one major economy uh, starting to use crypto in practical applications and is backed by um, SBI Ripple Asia. So um, it has uh, uh, SBI is the biggest, you know, the biggest bank in Japan, and it mm -hmm. has partnered with the Ripple, and uh, together uh, they're actually launching a, a money tap app that are, you know, so basically the idea is by when you say domestic payments, that means, you know, I could go and I could use it to pay for my coffee and my tea, whatever it is. They're just like, you know, it's any kind of payment. It's not like anything yeah. more significant than that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Or you can pay, you know, within Japan, you can pay each other as well. Yeah. Pay each other. Um, yeah. from what I, you know, what, from what I read and for, from what I know, apparently, uh, the whole banking system as in like the interbanking, uh, system is actually really very old in Japan and apparently it costs right. actually a lot as well for transfers for, yeah for transfers wow okay so yeah it's time to upgrade and they've gone for yeah for the, the latest one okay yeah and they partner with did you say they who they who they partner with in terms of the cryptocurrency to do that uh, ripple ripple oh yeah. well that makes sense if you think about ripple does inter, inter international transactions doesn't it yeah um, yeah exactly yeah yeah so that that sounds like a really good uh, kind of tight fits tightly in what we're talking about in terms of banks and what they're doing at the moment. So interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. So um, I also saw a really interesting one, which I thought was quite significant, which is the uh, the joining together. They've joined forces, a bit like the Justice League. You know, come together, superheroes come together. We've got Hyperledger and the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance have announced that a new collaboration framework between the 
between the two uh, kind of organizations to drive mass adoption um, uh, from in terms of enterprise, obviously. Um, and it's just really a kind of way for them to codify what is existing already. But it's, it's, I yeah. think it's still quite significant in what they could achieve. So once again, what is a hyperledger? Yeah, okay. so Hyperledger is basically, um, there's, there's, there's Hyperledger Fabric, basically, which is the yeah. IBM um, solution, which is like where we have private um, permissioned blockchains. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, what yeah. most people would say in terms of Hyperledger, but there's other, there are other Hyperledgers, but yeah, IBM's solution is the most for, widely IBM known. solution yeah. for blockchain. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that, that sounds great. You know, so something, you know, two big companies coming together to... They, they've just come together as, a, as two kind of standards bodies together to try to drive, yeah, drive uh, kind of standards and also drive adoption. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and finally, um, looks like the, the, the strain or the gloom on the cryptocurrency markets uh, seems to continue. Uh, <laughs> People dying out there, man, seriously. Yeah. Um, as I have read recently, there were a number of departures um, here from the financial hub in London, um, especially from Kenry Wharf. Uh, there were many startups uh, last year, probably during right. this time, and early, you know, early, mm -hmm. uh, early this year as well. So these are fintech startups, yeah, mainly fintech, yeah. yeah. So, and also I've been to a few meetups, and then yeah, uh, most of the you know, it's they're, they're all pretty pretty quiet as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I can see the mood, and I can see the mood from from what the organizers are saying. You know, it's it's affecting the whole, the whole cryptocurrency market is affecting the. The technical meetups as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, so basically, I, I, it looks like whenever you look at the cryptocurrencies, it always feels to me like where Bitcoin goes, other people like follow. Basically, you know, like that thing of if yeah. America catches a cold, uh, the rest of the world well, sneezes. Yeah, yeah. sneezes. Yeah, it's a similar yeah. type of thing. If Bitcoin catches a cold, every other cryptocurrency sneezes and like dives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what will happen uh, coming December because December was actually a momentous time uh, last year for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. again, December is coming. I, I have a feeling actually many people are actually looking forward to see what's going to happen and probably hedging their things or, you know, betting you know, things might turn green. Improve. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So now we've uh, covered all the news off. Let's hear from the interview with Matt that we recorded recently. Hopefully you'll find this as interesting as we did. Hello, Matt, and welcome to the show. To start with, can you give our listeners a brief introduction to yourself and tell them about LISC and what you're developing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you guys uh, for having me on. Um, yeah, so my name is Matt Piaggi. I'm the uh, community lead here at LISC. Um, my background or my studies is in communications uh, on, the, on the media side. I've been in, in, interested in the, the blockchain scene for, um, for a while um, and really wanted to, to get involved um, and kind of engage the community uh, that we have here um, to help them understand, obviously, a, a lot more about um, the, the technology, um, but also the effect that um, LISC can, can ultimately have in um, making it as easy as possible for developers to build decentralized applications. Um, and that's essentially what we're doing here at LISC. We are building uh, an ecosystem of um, products that will actually help JavaScript developers build applications. Um, so it's basically making blockchain building uh, as easy as possible. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, how you're really helping companies or developers uh, with the libraries or APIs or web apps you're providing? So how, how does this ecosystem work? Yeah, sure. So uh, at the moment, what, what we're trying to build is what we call a, a sidechain development kit. So we refer to it often as, a, as an SDK. 
Um, this is kind of the the, the ultimate. Um, we kind of have the foundations of, of those products right now. So our products are made up of uh, Lisk Core, uh, Lisk Elements, Lisk Commander, and Lisk Hub. And all four of these together um, will, will be the basis of, the, of this kit that um, we'll get to a point where, where developers can uh, engage with and, and essentially deploy their own uh, blockchain from. Um, and and are, they all, are they all good to go? Are they all launched now? Or when are they due to launch? Yeah, sure. So we, we actually just had a, a, a massive milestone with um, Liscore 1.0. So kind of like our um, the the brain of these products, essentially the um, the main blockchain here at Lisk, and um, basically which makes this uh, stable and and uh, scalable. Um, that was a few weeks ago now. So um, yeah, as I say, huge milestone, and and basically allows us to um, move uh, quicker, more swiftly, and more more agile um, with development from here. Um, and we're able to kind of like add features and and get these things maturing at a, at a quicker clip now. Um, so with that uh, product going to, to, to 1.0, so did uh, Elements and Commander, um, as well as Lisk Hub. So, um, yeah, we, we've created some really nice momentum off the back of that. We kind of have um, each of these products like built out in terms of their teams. Um, and right now, what, what they're doing is kind of finalizing this, um, this roadmap for each of them. So uh, a lot of like feasibility studies and research has, has gone into that. Um, and and we're looking to um, re- release that shortly as well. Um, so I guess I guess one of the first questions might be people might be wondering what a side chain is. I don't suppose you could uh, give a quick explanation. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, this is obviously one of one of the huge um, aspects to to what we're doing uh, here at Lisk. So we've had the main blockchain up and running for uh, over two years. Um, so as I say, that's um, that's stable and and, and secure. Um, but how developers will actually build on Lisk is that um, they'll actually be de- deploying their own side chain. So um, it sits off the Lisk main chain, and the reason being is that you know applications that um, have been built on on other application platforms have experienced like bloating or um, kind of the transaction time slowing down, um, and we want to avoid that so that uh, the side chain is somewhat independent. Um, and you know we can therefore make uh, like any applications built or or the network in general more scalable that way. Okay, so it sounds like um, so the Lisk uh, products or whatever libraries you're building, they're actually for building applications for or for just the Lisk platform, right? Lisk main chain. So it's not that you can take those libraries and build. You know, for Ethereum or for Bitcoins, it's not that. It's not like that, is it? It's, this is only for uh, for Lisk main chain. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, all all applications okay. being built will be for the Lisk network. Yeah. Okay, just for the Lisk mm-hmm. network. And uh, do, do they use just Lisk uh, Lisk own currency? Uh, yes. So we have our own uh, our own token, LSK. Um, and um, yeah. this is what will be kind of the fuel for um, for the network itself as well. Okay, okay. I, I heard, well, I, I've read somewhere that you know people will be able to create uh, applications and also create their their own ICOs or create their own tokens. So, uh, how does that work? Yeah. So, so at the moment, um, we have a number of projects that have committed to build on the list network. 
Um, the first ICO has actually um, just started its pre-sale. That is Madana, um, a data marketplace. Um, so, so they've started kind of kind of their pre-sale, as I say. Um, there's a number of other companies um, that intend to run ICOs, um, but the the actual uh, implementation of that, of running it um, on the LISC network, um, will, will will happen next year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's something that um, will be included in the the roadmap that we release, um, and and that will happen in 2019. But the principle is the same as other sidechains, isn't it? So this is the principle is like similar to Bitcoin sidechains or any other sidechain. So you're just sectioning off part of the the currency for them to use effectively, is uh, for their own currency effectively to build on top of. Yeah, we, we actually have a science team that has been working on like how the implement, implementation will look like for uh, for sidechains on Lisk. Um, it's not something that we can like release uh, just yet externally um, because the the studies are still going on. However, um, you know this will be um, kind of part of uh, a rollout of improvement proposals that will release um, section by section. Okay, so is it comparable to how you know we we keep hearing about uh, Ethereum uh, for building dApps? So it sounds very much like that, right? Lisk is its own platform, and then you can build decentralized or blockchain-based applications. It, is, is that um, is the right way to think about Lisk? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely similarities in the in the platform, right? So, um, like, essentially, like this ultimate vision is the same of having a platform where you can build decentralized applications. Um, I guess, like, our routes to getting there are, are completely different. Obviously, we mentioned sidechains already, but also um, the fact that we use JavaScript, kind of opening this up to, like, a wide range of um, developers or, like, you know, with the most popular coding language in the world. Um, you know, this is something that we think, okay, this is how to make this technology as accessible um, as possible um, to as many people as possible. So, um, yeah, you can think of the platforms in a, in a similar way, but I guess like our routes to, to getting there um, are, are much, much different. So, so a side chain essentially is like a semi-decentralized, isn't it, effectively? You're not, it's not necessarily fully decentralized because I could control, I could be one entity controlling that side chain or I could be, you know, a group of people controlling that side chain. Depends how they set it up, I guess. Exactly. So the idea is actually to make it as flexible as possible for developers. So what I mean by that is having these modules um, or JavaScript libraries and Lisk elements means that you'll actually be able to um, take out certain sections, whether that is um, dynamic fees from the main Lisk blockchain and kind of copy paste that code to kind of kick off um, your own sidechain. That will be the same with um, the consensus algorithm, for example. So we use uh, delegated proof of stake here at List. Yeah. However, um, you know you could implement something that maybe you think is more effective um, right. for your own kind of uh, application. Use, your use case, basically. So I, I just wanted to kind of talk to you about that. It's one of the kind of things that was interesting. I just wanted, what, what made you settle on delegated proof of stake? And, and do you think that's, do you think it's kind of the key to scalability on, on terms of blockchain? Also, just adding to what uh, Pierre said, right, uh, is that the only uh, consensus algorithm you can use or uh, is there a possibility to use other uh, consensus algorithms as well on less platform? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think that like as an industry, we're still kind of um, going through these um, these growing pains of, of consensus algorithms. I'm not sure if we're, we've quite settled on like the ideal um, solution here. Um, but the reason for delegated proof of stake, I think there was many that went into this. Obviously, um, with proof of work, um, there's a huge um, energy consumption that's yes. going on with that. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, that, that is something that, um, you know, one of the main reasons why um, we saw some um, improvements that, that could be made there. And then um, the same with, with proof of stake. I think that um, when we have only 101 delegates that are forging on the network, we're able to kind of um, make this as streamlined as possible. Um, we can, like, ensure more stability on the network. Um, and, you know, these, these delegates can add back to the ecosystem as well. Obviously, they're, like, financially incentivized for um, ensuring that security. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of them are kind of participating or contributing back to, you know, hosting events or building tools for the network as well. So right. it's a democratic process. And, um, yeah, like, it, it's kind of uh, a, a great way to kind of... Uh, and encourage participation within um, like this ecosystem that, that we're creating as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's one of the debates that's going on in the Ethereum at the moment, obviously, about the consensus algorithm. So it's interesting that you've already settled on on this particular one, this delegated proof of stake. I just wonder if other people will, you know, will look at it and see is it a potential solution or whether you'll be, are, are you contributing? Do you contribute to the other, the other, um, the other kind of debates around consensus algorithms? Do you guys kind of, look at them and, and say this is what we would suggest or anything like that well at the, at the moment this is kind of why we um why we built out our own science team so we have three cryptographers on the team um that have been doing a lot of research around the consensus algorithm this is um one of kind of the improvement proposals that they've been working on um and they've been looking at uh, various ways that we can improve on on voting or dynamic fees and things like this um, whilst taking into account what um, what other uh, projects are doing, right? I mean, this is um, kind of a, uh, the approach that we have here at LISC in that, you know, we want to learn off, off what other projects are doing, um, take that back, see if we can make improvements to that. Um, and then hopefully, you know, at the end of it, we'll be coming up with um, something that we're really happy with. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely... Um, have that marked as, as one aspect that, um, you know, will have adjustments made to it down the line. Um, and, and as I say, that science team will be growing out um, and kind of tackling some of these like bigger challenges, like even outside of just looking at what we're doing at LISC, but saying, okay, like as an industry, like this is something that we need to tackle. Um, and, you know, we would definitely like kind of publish those findings as well. Right, right. So it's not necessarily that you're, your change for delegated proof of stake it's that you'll try to refine the current consensus algorithm you have is that way is that what your kind of view of it is basically yeah exactly exactly and then mm -hmm. as you mentioned like um depending on like the use case for uh or the the industry that maybe uh, a company is trying to disrupt um by creating a, a side chain on lisk um, down the line, I'm sure that, um, you know, they'll be implementing something that they think is, um, is best for, for their own, like, uh, application. So, um, that's the idea is that, you know, the network kind of evolves, um, that yes, if they want to use the same, uh, consensus algorithm from, from the get go, that would be fine. But, um, I'm sure that many others will, will want to make, um, make changes, make adjustments and, and kind of implement what's best for them. Okay. Um, uh, what do you think that will draw developers or uh, or companies, you know, build products, uh, build decentralized applications on Lisk? Um, uh, what do you think is the uh, is the strengths of Lisk, you know, and also attract the you know the, the talents and build applications? I think that that's um, that's the key thing because 
you have other uh, other platforms such as Ethereum is completely dominating the market. So what do you think that will actually draw people into Lisk? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a number of things. Obviously, it starts with, um, you know, building products that developers want to use. <laughs> That's uh, kind of first and foremost. So um, as I mentioned, like having a, a stable network, but also having uh, Lisk elements to unpack these different libraries that we have. So, do you think is this for is this for developers? I, I keep hearing that you say about developers, but businesses have to come out and companies have to come out and start building products, right? So, is the platform more geared towards towards developers or um, you know or businesses or both? Or uh, I'm just slightly confused there, actually. Yeah, sure. No, that's a that's a good point to to clarify. I mean, like, I guess at at its core, like this is a. a uh, a network for JavaScript developers, right? But when I'm saying that, it can be at different ends of the spectrum, whether that's someone who's, um, you know, 16, 17 years old and, and, and just learned um, how to code all the way through to maybe a CTO of a company. Um, so that's, that's kind of like where we're at with, with Lisk Elements is that it is these libraries for, for developers to kind of like pull, pull in. Um, and then Lisk Commander to be able to kind of like bootstrap um, projects and, and, and deploy a sidechain there, like the command line interface. Um, on the on the other side to that, we have like Lisk Hub, which is the more user facing side. Um, so this is something that we have a whole team uh, here in Berlin at, at, at Lightcurve working on, as well as um, a, a design studio, NetGuru. Um, looking at how we can make improvements to this, right? Making it user-friendly. So just tell us a little bit about the Lisk community and, and what's happening at the moment. Is there anything interesting that we could kind of t- tell our listeners about? Yeah, for sure. We have, we have a, um, a number of things um, coming up. Um, like overall, we have, you know, really engaged community members across a number of different channels. So you should definitely check those out um, on Reddit, Twitter, um, Telegram, and, and, and Lisk chat as well. Um, We've just released a ambassador program, um, which basically uh, is accepting applications from people all around the world. Um, and what these ambassadors will do is host their own events. Um, they'll be kind of like, you know, sent unique merchandise for those events and kind of be our representation um, there. Because as I mentioned, like we're all based here in, in, in Germany and we have so many people that, um, you know, would like to. Um, speak and and kind of create this um, brand awareness in, in their local areas. So um, you can check that out on our blog, um, and then there's a link through there to to apply for that. Um, we actually announced that there'll be you know ten official ambassadors, but we're definitely going to bump that up because um, we've had so many amazing applications over the last two weeks. Um, so so those events will actually be happening all the way through to the end of the year. Thank you very much for your time, Matt. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on the show and talking to us about what's happening with Lisk at the moment. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, talk soon. Uh, that was a good interview. Yeah, yeah, I, thought it was, I thought it was really interesting yeah. what he was saying. So, yeah. so to summarize uh, what we talked earlier, uh, Lisk want to make blockchain development as accessible as possible through mm-hmm. JavaScript programming language, yeah. uh, as it is one of the most widely used programming languages. And I think it's one of the things that you picked up on as well, which is that, and when he was talking about it, which is the UX part. So they want to make it really simple in terms of UX, and they can only do that if you're using something like JavaScript and those kind of languages. So. Yes, yes. So as opposed to Solidity, which is a programming yeah. language for building applications on mm-hmm. the Ethereum platform only. 
Uh, it's not just the programming language. They also want to offer tools that will allow everybody to be able to build yeah. uh, blockchain applications. And I think that was a really strong point that he tried to make. He was trying to say that's their purpose, really, to try to make it accessible yeah. for everyone. And I think that's a really worthy goal. Um, and on top of that was their education piece so they're making a big piece around trying to provide education to people and help people understand what blockchain is and help obviously yeah. people understand their solutions so that's a really interesting point what they yeah were i've been to their uh, london meetup um, uh, a week ago yeah and uh, they were saying they were they were committed to actually building this educational piece they're going to do some videos as well right um, it's not just their blog or yeah. uh, or you know or topics uh, yeah. on their website they're going to do some educational videos as well uh, to help people understand, you know, blockchain application, blockchain as a technology better. I think also what was really interesting was the fact that they're trying to use side chains for their design. And I think this could be, uh, it'd be interesting to see if other people take up more uh, more designs like this. I mean, I've heard of obviously the Bitcoin side chain, which is something that. Uh, people have been talking about for a yeah. while but I mean that what they're talking about is actually people not deploying on the main chain but just deploying on side chain so that's a it'd be interesting to see how, what people think about design and if more people take it up overall I think they have a really interesting concept um, they basically want to be the go-to place to build blockchain applications and obviously only time will tell if that turns out to be the case yeah, on that note, uh, thanks for listening to the Block and Roll podcast. Remember to check out our previous episodes on our website, theblockandroll.com. And please remember, you can follow us and contact us on Twitter. At BC Podcast 2. Until then, keep, keep it, it Block and Roll! roll.